everyone, Ryan Kennedy here. Welcome back to the podcast. I am super pumped to bring you today's episode where I'm going to be diving deep on sleep quality. Most people, they underestimate the importance of our sleep. I truly believe sleep to be the foundation to good health. Way more important than all other things like nutrition, exercise, all these other factors about our daily choices. I think sleep is at the very top of the list because the truth is, if you're not sleeping well, it doesn't matter how perfect your diet is. It doesn't matter how great your fitness or your exercise routine is. Your health is going to suffer and your quality of life and longevity are going to suffer substantially. Not to mention, if you're not well rested and you're not getting good sleep, you're going to have a very difficult time making good choices during the day that you are awake because you're going to feel fatigued, you're going to feel drained, your willpower and discipline is going to be low, and it's going to lead the way for poor choices like sedentary lifestyle, poor food choices because your blood sugar and your uh, hunger and satiety hormones get all out of whack. So you crave all sorts of sugar and starch and alcohol and other uh, types of foods that are only going to compound the issue and create more inflammation. So that being said, I've been really looking forward to doing an episode like this because I truly believe sleep to be the greatest performance enhancing activity, the singular focus any of us can prioritize to improve literally every aspect of our lives. Now, anyone listening to this who's gone through challenges with sleep, whether that's mild or moderate uh, insomnia, or whether that's middle of the night wake-ups and an inability to fall back asleep, or maybe it's just poor sleep quality where you sleep soundly through the night, but you wake up feeling groggy and tired and lethargic and just downright unmotivated to get going in the morning. So if that's you, if you have any of those issues, then you know the value of sleep and you know the importance because you've seen the detriments, you've experienced the, the suffering that can be caused from a lack of good sleep. And anyone listening to this who's had the very uh, good fortune to never have these issues, this episode is still going to benefit you because I have looked at a ton of sleep data from my patients over the years, tracking my own sleep with like an aura ring. Uh, very consistently, I've been tracking my sleep pretty much nightly for going on, gosh, like four years now. And I've gathered many insights and findings when it comes to the different stages of sleep, like stage one sleep, which is light, stage two and three and four, you know, looking at different deep cycles and REM cycles and the importance of optimizing our sleep quality and sleep efficiency. And unless you're tracking your sleep, there's a lot of times where you're getting a lot of light sleep and you might have wake-ups you're unconscious of that are leading you to feel a lack of energy and vitality the next day. And so here's why even if you sleep soundly for seven or eight hours every night, well, guess what? There's still room for improvement. And we only have 24 hours in the day. So if you can get the same amount of quality sleep in seven hours instead of eight or eight and a half, well, now you just bought an hour back of your life. And you could spend it however you want with your family, working on your business or your career, or simply working on yourself, doing some meditation, some journaling, some exercise, other forms of personal development activities, whatever you want. An hour a day? I mean, let's be honest, that's a tremendous amount of time over the course of years and decades. Now, I don't want anyone to misconstrue this into thinking I'm trying to teach people to sleep less because... The honest truth, folks, is most of us need as much sleep as our bodies are willing to provide us. The bottom line is you can't skip on sleep. Sleep is freaking sacred. And there's nothing more important you could be doing with your time than sleeping if you need more rest. So I'm going to go through a couple lists today. 
Um, the first list I'm gonna go through is some of the major mistakes people make when it comes to their sleep quality and the choices they make during the morning, during the day, and in the evening before bed, as well as their bedroom environments where they sleep that really sets them up for failure. The truth is you can't just show up at bed, lay your head on the pillow and expect to sleep like a freaking rock if you've done all the wrong things leading up to that point. Our sleep really is a result of the choices we make throughout the day. And so I wanna really guide you and give you the insights of what I found to really move the needle. Now, one thing that this episode is not going to contain is the plethora of nutrients, nutritional supplements, different amino acids, medicinal mushrooms, uh, minerals, uh, other types of things like melatonin and uh, you know cannabis like CBD, all these different nutritional supplements that I have utilized, I've used clinically, and I've seen great benefit in. I'm not going to talk about that today or else this can be like a half hour long episode. I want to keep it short and to the point because the truth is, don't even worry about supplements until you are nailing these foundational elements of your lifestyle choices. If you are not prioritizing this, mo the most important things, which are your day-to-day -day habits, routines, and, and what you're choosing to take action on, you're not going to supplement your way out of poor circadian rhythm uh, imbalances and all sorts of other uh, major issues that you're going to run into. Supplements are the icing on the cake. So as you build this foundation, they can further help accelerate your progress and optimize your sleep, but they should not be a starting point for most people. You really need to focus on the daily routines and the techniques I'm going to go through today. And so with that intro, let's dive right in, folks. Top things that disrupt sleep. Here's the first one, spending all day indoors under artificial lights in front of screens and computers on your cell phone. This destroys your sleep that night but especially if you're on these devices late into the evening because the artificial junk light from these devices and from our even the overhead fluorescence or LEDs, it suppresses melatonin due to a lot of the blue spectrum. And I've talked about this in past episodes on, I've done an entire podcast on evening routines that you could search for and find. I've done an entire episode on morning routines that I highly encourage you to check out. That was episode, I think, number three of the podcast. But the bottom line is, Spending all day indoors is going to set you up to feeling wired and tired at night where you're fatigued, your brain is shot, you're not thinking straight, but you go down to lay down and you're not falling asleep. You're like, what the hell is going on? You spent all, all day indoors. So you, got, you can't be doing that, guys. Next would be uh, caffeine later in the day. I think people should cut caffeine out at 12 noon. No need for caffeine later in the afternoon. If you feel the need for caffeine, you should really analyze your nutrition and other lifestyle choices of why you're having that mid-afternoon slump. But caffeine has a long half-life. And so if you were to take it, let's say drink a cup of coffee at 2 p.m., a percentage of that caffeine is still going to be active in your system when you go to bed at 10 or 11 p.m. that night. So everyone metabolizes caffeine at different speeds and different rates. While fast met, uh, caffeine metabolizer may be able to have a cup of coffee at 1 or 2 p.m. and be okay, many of us, that's not the case. And for the sake of general health, I just don't think there's any need for caffeine past, past noon. Enjoy a cup of coffee or tea in the morning. That's all good. I do that myself. But don't be drinking it at 2, 3, 4 p.m. Alcohol and THC are also two things that tend to disrupt sleep quality quite severely. Alcohol, pretty much for everyone. I found TH THC... I, as much as I do see the medicinal qualities and have a deep reverence for cannabis, 
as a plant and just as a way to expand our thinking and to also have a lot of health benefits, THC, while it will make you, and that's just for people listening in that are unaware, this is the psychoactive component in cannabis. While it will make you fall asleep faster for a lot of folks, and it may make you stay asleep better for a lot of folks. I've looked at a lot of sleep data from a lot of gals and guys who use THC before bed and their deep and REM cycles are negatively impacted as far as the quality. Now that might be a fair trade-off depending on your goals, depending on if without the THC, you can't fall asleep. But if you apply these strategies, I don't think you're going to need it. And it's good not to be reliant on any external substance. Uh, eating late at night is a huge one, huge one. It keeps your metabolism and your heart rate high. And when you eat late at night, not only does it cause massive weight gain, because your body's diverting a lot of energy and resources towards digestion, it's drawing away from the energy we want to go towards rejuvenation and repair and recovery and detoxification and all the things that take place while we're sleeping. So eating late, snacking, late dinners, not, not a good idea. Long naps during the day will also mess up your sleep. There's arguments to be made for short, like 20 minute power naps as a way to really enhance your catch up on some sleep, you know, cause it can stimulate a full sleep cycle. It's never worked for me but I have a few patients I work with that love their, you know, 20 minute power naps, but long naps, no bueno. Uh, and then last thing on this list is just overthinking your sleep guys. This is a big one. I really want to drill down on is it's a mental game. And a lot of us, when we're trying to improve our sleep and we're having issues with our sleep, we get in our own head and we create this pressure to sleep well and to, you know, get these certain numbers on our sleep data. And it only makes the problem worse because that brings stress and anxiety to the whole equation. So I know it's easier said than done, but try not to overthink it. Try to make these habits a priority in the day that I'm about to go over in the next list so that your sleep is not an uphill battle. And as you're sleeping better, you gain momentum and confidence that you don't have issues with sleep. So if you've had issues with sleep in the past, I want you to not label yourself as someone with sleep issues, because that's just putting this limiting belief and this self-imposed limitation on your, on your life. And so I want you to just get rid of that. You don't have problems with sleep. You have problems with your daily choices that you are going to correct and you're going to sleep like a freaking champ. So next onto the list of things that are going to optimize your sleep. Many of these are just the opposite of what I just went over. But first on the list is to create a consistent sleep schedule and a consistent routine. Going to bed at the same time, approximately, and waking up at approximately the same time, day in and day out is massively helpful for your circadian rhythm, your biological clock, and to get the most out of your sleep quality. And many of us, I shouldn't say many of us, but a lot of folks work you know, nine to fives, Monday through Friday. So they're up early in the, during the week, but then they stay out late Friday or Saturday night going out with friends and they end up sleeping in late during the weekend because they stayed out late and they're tired. And so they spend five days a week, let's say waking up at 6 a.m. And then there's two, maybe three days a week where they're waking up at 9, 10 a.m. This jacks your, your rhythms, guys and gals. You don't want to be having this fluctuation in your sleep-wake cycles. You want to try and stay consistent. Even if that means you went out late and you wake up somewhat early or at least within an hour of your normal wake-up routine, maybe fit a nap in later that day, maybe the next night go to bed extra early, but you don't want to be doing, uh, you don't want to be wildly inconsistent in your sleep routines. That's why jet lag and travel is one of the many reasons it throws us off so much. The next thing is sun exposure. Sun exposure, getting outside for full exposure 
with no sunglasses. This is a huge caveat because sunglasses will block a lot of these benefits. But getting outside for full sun exposure in the morning, as close to sunrise as you can, while the sun is at a low solar angle, it's going to trigger many things in the brain and body that are going to help to align this circadian rhythm, really anchor this biological clock, as well as many metabolic and hormonal and neurochemical benefits that just enhance. I mean, anyone that listens to this at this podcast and has followed my work for any length of time knows I am a complete fanatic about sensible sun exposure being the probably the simplest, easiest, and most enjoyable thing anyone could do to improve their health. So get outside in the morning, as little as five minutes is, will do the trick. Longer is better, no sunglasses. Even if it's cloudy, you're gonna get these benefits. Then aim to be outside during the day as much as you can. You know, Even if you're just, let's say, working from your computer in a covered patio, but you're outside, you're not being blocked by the window glass, you're not looking at you know artificial junk lights from overhead, much, much better for you. And then try and be outside for sunset as well. While the sun is setting, again, low solar angle, different time of day, triggers different things to the brain, and it really sparks that uh, melatonin to start upregulating. It signals to our brain that the day is over. Let's start preparing for night. And it has a whole bunch of different neurochemical effects that enhance your sleep quality. Next would just be to minimize the bright lights, especially the artificial junk lights in the evenings. You, you could wear some blue light blocking glasses that could help to mitigate some of that stuff. But ideally, guys, you know, I get we live in the freaking 21st century, like I use devices and stuff too, but I wear blue light blocking glasses and I try not to have bright lights overhead, you know, keep a little nightlight plugged in where you could still see what you're doing, but it's not so bright. Maybe you have dimmable lights. These types of things go a long way. Um, and then keep electronics out of your bedroom. You know, that's not going to be good for you to have be scrolling on your phone and watching, you know, Netflix and it, particularly like intense TV and movies like freaking horror films or action films that get your adrenaline going. Not good for sleep, folks. Uh, the room should be used for two things, sleep and sex. Don't have a TV in there. Don't have your phone in there. Don't have your laptop in there. You don't need that shit in your bedroom. Uh, next would be to keep your bedroom. This is back to the environment piece. Keep your bedroom cool, dark and quiet. So keep the temperature cool, cooler temperature at 62 to 68 degrees Fahrenheit seems to be the sweet spot. So cooler temp allows for more deep sleep cycles. Dark, we want it to either have blackout curtains or you can wear an eye mask. You don't want a lot of any ambient light in your bedroom. And quiet, you know, if you live in like a noisy area or if there's noise from your kids or your partner or whatever, wear some earplugs. You know, you don't want to be disrupted during the night by sounds that keep waking you up constantly. Moving forward from there, wear yourself out during the day with movement. The more you move during the day by walking and doing some resistance training, some sort of exercise, the more you'll be fatigued at the end of the day. And you'll do the opposite of that thing where you're on the computer all day and by the evening you're just wired and tired. Have you ever gone for like a long full day hike, gone back home and you're just beat from hiking like 10 miles, 12 miles, and you're just like sleep like a rock. You don't have any issues with sleep on those days because you're outside, you're moving all day. Now, don't expect you to go on a freaking 12 mile hike every day. Don't get me wrong here, but you could simulate that by incorporating just brief bursts of movement throughout the day and just staying physically active. Very, very helpful to optimize the sleep. And then Early dinner, guys, early dinner. Don't eat close to bed. I advise at least three to four hours before your desired bedtime to finish dinner. So if you start eating dinner at six, you finish by seven, 
you're in bed by 10 or 11, that would be kind of the later end. I personally eat at like 4 p.m. I'm not normal. I'm far from normal. I understand most people are like, well, one, I can't do that with my schedule. Two, you're freaking crazy, Ryan. But I cannot tell you what an impact it's made on my sleep, on my energy, on my health of just having a still a compressed eating window, like many people practice intermittent fasting, but front loading it. So I don't wait all morning to eat anything for, for breakfast. I eat when I get hungry a few hours after waking, but I do make sure to eat. And basically I don't eat. It's very, very rare. I eat food past five o'clock. You know, I just enjoy early dinners and then relaxing activities before bed. You know, you can watch some TV, you can hang out with your partner. All that's great. But, you know, reading a book, doing some journaling, doing some stretching. These are great things to decompress and actually relax your nervous system. So even if you feel like you're mentally relaxed because you're doing some mind numbing or mind distracting activity, like playing video games or watching TV or movies or you know something of that nature, scrolling on the internet, scrolling on social media, it's mind numbing. So you don't feel like it's taxing to your body because it's helping to distract you, but it's not helping your nervous system. So in order to drop into a more relaxed, rest and digest parasympathetic nervous system state, you do want to be doing relaxing activities before bed. And then listen to your body about your sleep needs. You know, don't try and mask it with stimulants. Don't try and power through with coffee and other sorts of, uh, you know, uppers. If you your body's beat down, like get some extra sleep. You need it. Like, don't be one of those people that's like, oh my gosh, I'll sleep when I, I'm dead. Well, you're going to be dead a lot sooner. Like that's the frank truth. If you're going on three, four, five hours of sleep on a regular basis, the amount of impact, negative impact that has on your longevity is insane. Not to mention you feel like you're doing more because you're awake and you're going full speed ahead, but it's only a matter of time before you burn out. And when you crash and burn, you regress because you're not able to continue moving forward. And when you're not sleeping well, well, guess what? the hours you are working, the hours you are awake are far less productive because your vitality, your focus, your energy, it's all decreased. So don't try and skip on sleep. It, it's just going to backfire. You're shooting yourself in, in the foot by trying to rationalize uh, less sleep because of X, Y, or Z. Now, I do understand one thing I want to close on. Not everyone has control of their own sleep. Meaning if you work a night shift, if you're one of the very honorable and uh, appreciated people in our society. That's maybe a nurse or a firefighter or a policeman or, um, you know, someone that's doing shift work to where you can't get great sleep and meet all of the standards I just outlined. That's your choice. You know, do the best you can. That's the only advice I could give you. Do the best you can and maybe try and shift to a day or switch to a daytime shift whenever that's feasible because it is impacting your health. And even the WHO, the World Health Organization has come out and said, shift work is like a stage two carcinogen, like as a cancer causing agent. So understand you are making a trade-off. And if it's a conscious, tra conscious trade-off you are willing to make, more power to you. I appreciate the work you do. The other category of people who may not be getting great sleep and have a hard time following this are new parents. I'm not a parent, but I understand you got a crying baby. What are you going to do? You're not going to sleep through it and leave your baby out to dry. So I get it. And hopefully your baby starts sleeping through the night soon. But ultimately, those are some categories of people where I get some of these things may be hard to implement, but just do your best. That's it. That's all any of us could do at the end of the day. We can do our best and make small tweaks and small shifts in the right direction, which will over time compound to massive, massive benefits. Thanks for tuning in, folks. I will see you on the next episode. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you found it helpful, please share it along to anyone else you believe it can serve. You can submit your own question to be answered on the show by going to ryankennedyhealth.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review for the show. Your feedback helps to support me on my mission to positively impact as many people as possible with this information. Please note the information depicted in this episode is purely for informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional before making any changes to your lifestyle or routine.